It's okay if you missed your favorite show. Podcasts are ready. The all-new ESPN Chicago app is here. This is Chicago's home for sports. This is ESPN 1000. All right, Bears fans. With the 39th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, Chicago Bears select DB from Washington, Kyler Gordon. With the 48th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Jaquan Brisker, defensive back, Penn State. With the 71st pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Bayless Jones, wide receiver, Tennessee. Ryan Poles got to work yesterday. Bears didn't have any day one picks. The NFL draft out in Las Vegas. And uh, when they did get to on the clock, uh, surprise Bears fans, 312-332-3776. Mark Zander, were you surprised? He goes secondary. Uh, ultimately, everything helps your uh, quarterback. If your well, defense, see, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, a lot of people wanted to, to see help on the offensive line, wanted to see wide receivers. You finally got to... Uh, the Tennessee wide receiver in uh, in with pick number seventy one, but um, you know Ryan Poles has a, a whole host of things he needs to get done, Mark, and um, he started with a, what was a glaring need in the secondary. Well, we have so many needs, Brian. I think that that uh, you know. Any one of those could have been addressed, but I'm hoping, and, and I know we hate to say this, take the best player available and all that, but because we have so many holes, that was hopefully uh, the best situation we could be in because there are a lot of needs. And, uh, you know, it didn't take us long as uh, the Vikings to get that pick out of, uh, out of his mouth. Yeah, Ed Marinero. Ed Marinero. And, and I, I should say today's show how old, is short, how old is Ed? slightly longer it's slightly longer than the speech that Ed gave yesterday. How, how old is Ed? I mean, it's been a long time since, what, Hill Street Blues? Was he on Hill Street Blues? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I, I I don't know. I don't know, but he's certainly trying to slow time down. Yeah, well, look, and, and Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Poles absolutely knew that, uh, I, for the first time in a long time, Mark, I, I believe the general manager when he said they got the player they, they didn't think was going to be available when they got Kyler Gordon. And uh, he said they they run a bunch of simulated drafts and simulated boards with which you know this team takes that this guy and then the the next team takes another guy. But if this t- mm-hmm. team A takes Y, then you go to Z. And so I I actually believe that Ryan Poles got uh, got a, a cornerback he couldn't p- pass up on and in, in, in an obviously uh, in an area there where they need a lot of work. I mean, you look at some of the defensive numbers last year; they gave up. Uh, the uh, highest passer rating in the league to opposing quarterbacks, the third uh, third in completions of 20 yards or more. Um, so very porous defense. They allowed the most sacks in the league. So you could have gone in any number of directions, but I'm sure a lot of Bears fans out there, 312-332-3776, would love to have seen a wide receiver taken first, second, and third yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, again, I, I wish we had that many draft picks. And you bring up an, an important point. We trust Ryan Poles because there's been a lot about him and what a great hire that was. And until we don't trust him, we trust him. So I, I'm with you. I think that they, 
I think that they did make the pick that they needed to make in those in in those first two spots, especially. But again, he's dealing with what was left for him, which wasn't much. Yeah, Ryan Pace left a lot of holes in that <laughs> roster, and uh, Ryan, Ryan Ryan Poles had to talk about the uh, decision making that went into yesterday's picks. This thing just keeps going. I mean, we have um, tomorrow. Uh, there's going to be opportunities. There's, there's still guys on the street. There's going to be cut down days. There's trade opportunities. And it's what I told our group and everyone in this organization, we're just going to keep pounding and pounding and pounding, knowing that like we can't fix everything in one year, but we sure can just keep chipping away and just approve it. If it's that much better, we're going to keep doing that. And then over time, we'll start to collect all of those units and, and get better as a group. Yeah, you can keep going through the uh, defensive stats, and they tell a very ugly story because they also allowed the fourth uh, most TD passes in the league last year. So, look, if, if your defense can't get off the field and the uh, the opposing offense ends up in the end zone more often than not, well, that just makes it much, that much more difficult for an offense that hopefully has a franchise quarterback in Justin Fields. But, um, you know, you could have made the big splash. There were plenty of wide receivers available uh, in this draft and when the Bears were on the clock. But, you know, he did what he did, and between uh, uh, Gordon and, and Brisker, Gordon should be able to step in and start right away because, mm-hmm. look, they got Jalen Johnson and nobody else. So even even if he wasn't as advertised or as the Bears believe as good as he is, you would have put him out there because you have nothing else there. Right. But in Brisker, right. I don't know if it's just, you know, they think Eddie Jackson's not going to earn his keep next uh, next season, but he certainly had needed safety as well. Yeah, I I think it's an important point that uh, Ryan Poles uh, brought up, that we can't do everything in one year. And I know that's frustrating for Bears fans, but we knew this was coming. And, and again, he has a lot of different options. It'll be interesting what they do in the trade market or, or who they pick up, if there's anybody left to pick up that's been uh, you know, just jettisoned from a team. But the, the O-line is obviously a glaring need. Uh, receivers a, a need, too. And hopefully they see that there's more available potentially down the line. But, yeah, I think Gordon's going to get in there right away. And, and you know what, I think um, – I think uh, Brisker may get in there too, uh, maybe opposite Eddie at safety. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it shakes up. But I think that they did the most with what they could have. And I know a flashy receiver would have been great, but it's not like we didn't need these parts that they picked up. And look, you got to keep Justin Fields healthy, and you got to get a full season out of him so you know exactly what you're dealing with as you move closer to that next contract where he really cashes. But right now you only have two real certain starters on the offensive line, and Cody Whitehair at left guard and Lucas Patrick at center. And when you hear him say, well, there's other, other things we can do, there'll be cut day and everything else. I mean, you're picking over leftovers at that point. Yeah, well, you are. Yeah, yeah, impact players, you know, you might get a, an old guy, an aging guy who's at the tail end of his career, maybe not on the fishing boat like last year <laughs> when you right. tried to shore up the offensive line, the left tackle. But um, there, there's no big splash trade to be made. I mean, you're right now you're just plugging holes with healthy bodies and maybe – Guys that you, you know, the risk-reward, you just want to take a look at. I mean, we still don't know what Larry Borum is about. And Tevin Jenkins, we certainly don't know what you have here, even though, you know, you spent a high draft pick on him and then he had to have mm-hmm. back surgery. So you could you could have gone the offensive line for sure and, and not gone safety and, and cornerback. But uh, you said it, you, you want to believe in the brain trust, uh, the new uh, new brain trust that is, 
Ryan Poles and his staff, right? I mean, we he comes from a very successful organization in Kansas City. You want to believe that he's a young and, and bright and up-and-coming GM and executive. Um, but a lot of people thought that was Ryan Pace as well, and that certainly didn't play out. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, it, it's it's interesting because they can't address every need in one fell swoop. How is Ryan Poles going to be judged by Bears fans in year number one as the GM? It's going to be tough to give him a favorable judgment. I mean, what what do people need to see that that the players that he did pick have made an immediate impact uh, and and, a, and whatever trade and signing and everything? It'll be interesting because again, there's just not going to be an immediate impact overall. And this is not a one-year fix. So how do people judge him? Well, how we'll would f- you judge him, Brian? Well, we'll find out. 312-332-3776. Eddie's up on the north side. He wants to weigh in on Ryan Pohl's first day at the draft with uh, as a Bears GM. Hey, Eddie, what's up? Hey, Eddie. Hey, boys, how's it going? Why is Good. nobody looking at this quarterback that the Bears should pick up from southeast Louisiana? 6'7", 249. He had 44 touchdowns, 10 interceptions last year. He's got to build like Josh Allen, Brady, and all of that. And you got uh, uh, Tampa and the Patriots drafting guys from Chattanooga, Houston, all from these lower end schools, and they bring them in and they make them stars. I, I just don't understand it. Was there a question mark on this guy? Because I, I thought maybe this guy might even go like in the first round. Well, Eddie, like, it sounds like there's a question mark on Justin Fields for you. Well, yeah. there always yeah. was. Okay. When you have, to the history of the NFL, not one quarterback from Ohio State ever came an elite quarterback from Ohio State, then there's a question. Well, we're talking the history of the NFL, period. You well, know? Eddie, yeah, Eddie, but here's the thing. We all know that they did not, were not able to give Justin Fields a fair shake last year because of everything going on. So that's still undetermined. You know, maybe not by you, but I think generally that's undetermined. And all the other holes, we have to address those as well. So yeah, you, I, I suspect that's the reason. we have new management, and they should be able to pick their guys. See, it, it's just, it just rolls over and over. Now, they, 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 they didn't pick this quarterback, and then they're going to go through here. They're going to blame that. Well, this was the quarterback from the last people who picked it. It just keeps going over and over. Well, you know? but Eddie, they just might accept Justin Fields as, and his potential well, they, instead Eddie, of just saying it's somebody else's. At right now, right now, that's all they can do. And thanks for the call, Eddie. Yeah. Right, right oh, now, yeah. all they can do is they have to have time to evaluate whether right. they believe Justin Fields is the franchise quarterback. Could you imagine if they pulled the trigger on that already? That no, would be, well, that would be insane. It, it'd be insane, and you're not. You know, you, you can't give up on Justin Fields. So look. The season he had with the with turno- turnovers and yeah, in that, and out that's of the line. not a good measuring stick. No, but I mean he also had a an offensive system that didn't help anybody, particularly right. the quarterback, and and certainly that Matt Nagy was a disaster as a play caller, and then he had to give it up yet again. You can't you can't be drafting the heir apparent to Justin Fields <laughs> in, in your first draft, especially when we have so many other needs. That are immediate, and, and, and will I will say this? I mean, were you surprised, Mark? And we we'll get back to the calls. Usually, it's quarterback, 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 and more quarterbacks in the first round. You had one at, at twenty overall, and I think the next pick was at seventy-one. Right? The quarter? No, not seventy-one. That's the Bears pick. But I mean, you had two quarterbacks 
it, it, you, in the history of the NFL, you haven't seen uh, NFL Wait. quarterbacks fall like that. I, it's been, I, I think uh, I heard it's been since 2013 that something similar, not exactly, but something similar happened. Well, you, you know, in recent years, there have been quarterbacks to, yeah, that have really stood out, and this year not so much. So it is really, really different. It's kind of refreshing, to be honest with you, but it's been different this year for sure. Let's squeeze Mike in on uh, Orland Park. Hey, Mike, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Mike. Hey, Brian. I got a scenario that makes too much sense. They have no picks in the fourth round. Right. There's- They've got two and a fifth. So uh, they've been talking about unloading Quinn and his contract, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Baltimore's got six fourth-round picks. So this just makes too much sense. To fill that void in the fourth round, why don't they – I mean, I'm not saying they would, but you never know uh, – trade Quinn and a fifth to Baltimore for two-fourths. They get two fourth-round picks – to, you know, in the first coming up here. Right. And they unload his contract and still have a fifth round pick. Okay, so you're not buying the Robert Quinn of last season, or you just think it's, no. it doesn't make a well, difference I mean, because you're in a rebuild? Right, right. Right. I think. So, I mean, they're talking about filling out the roster, right? Right. Well, I think two fourth yeah. round picks would go a hell of a long, longer way than Quinn and whatever kind of sacks you'd get this year. Hey, I, I'm, I'm open to any discussion for anyone on this roster, especially the way he played last year compared to, you know, not earning his $30 million the first year, right? So, uh, appreciate the call, Mike. We'll get to it on the other side of the break. 312-332-3776. Phone lines are open. What did you think of yesterday? And uh, what do you hope uh, as uh, the Ryan Poles moves forward in this draft? Uh, did you want more wide receiver help? What did you want? What did your board look like? 312-332-3776. Mark Zander, Brian Hanley coming back on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Uh, as I mentioned before, like for every move, there's a counter, you know, there's a, um, repercussions for that. So to do that, it probably means we have less picks. And, you know, I don't know if we're in that situation to do that. If something crazy happens, we're always going to stay active, but... Uh, at this moment, I find it hard that we can get back to the floor. That's Bears general manager Ryan Poles telling you that uh, yeah, they'll, they'll make some moves, but he's not. Didn't sound too optimistic, Mark Zander, that there was any big move coming. Though, you know, Robert Quinn, I think everyone would be open to the idea of seeing what you can get for him and and yeah. adding to the to the picks uh, either this year or next year moving forward, so you have more draft capital. Yeah, two fourth-rounders this year, as uh, caller suggested before break. I don't know about that. I, I think he's worth more. I know he's in his last year, but and, and I know he had a rough first year here, but last year was so fresh in my mind. He was such a stud, but I get it, and, and I think Ryan Poles is that guy who just wants bodies, as long as they're the right bodies, and if that means we can get a couple picks – you know, maybe if it's a third or second round, I don't know if we can do a second round for him. Um, but, you know, just some bodies for him. If we do it, it has to be the right move. Because to me, he was the one shining star on the defense consistently last year. It was a lot of fun to watch. Well, he seemed like he was more, you know, mentally more dialed in, too. I don't, I don't know what was yep. going on. He talked about, you know, being in a better place in his life and everything else. You're still making $30 million the first year he should show up, um, right. whatever. 
you know, a lot of people have to go to much lesser jobs, whether they're mentally optimistic or not. You know, right. the, Bears, the Bears did have 49 sacks, fourth in the league last year, but Khalil Mack has moved on, so we know that. And you get Brisker with the pick he got for for trading Khalil Mack. So it would make sense to open up the the phones and and have Ryan Pulse, you know, listen to offers for Robert Quinn. And, you know, maybe you don't get to the quarterback nearly as much. Okay, but what did that actually get you last year because of uh, the poorest well, back Ultimately, end yeah. right. Ultimately, nothing. Um, but, but I will say, two fourth-rounders, I think we can do better than that even. Uh, you know, obviously that would just impact next year. It would be delayed. Three one, but I think we can do better than that. 312-332-3776 is the number. Tom is in Lyle. Hey, Tom, you're on ESPN hey, 1000. Hey guys, yeah. Just uh, judging polls um, already, I would say he, you know he didn't unnecessarily give up draft capital to prove he was the smartest guy in the room. So that's a plus. Um, he has been. I think he's been more transparent and spoke more in the past three months than I heard Ryan Pace speak in. No like doubt about that. Years. Agreed. Yep. Yep. And uh, and I don't think. I mean, you you can't judge his talent talent evaluation until an entire year cycle is. is has gone through. So, mm-hmm. I mean, right now, I, I you know, I, I don't know anything about these guys, you think, right? You know, but we'll, we'll know more next year. You know, great, great points, Tom. Thanks for uh, weighing yes. in because, you know, the, the cowardly Ryan, as I used to call him, you know, who would hide up in the press box and he spoke at the beginning of the season. Now he did the, the mandated uh, GM interview on game days on the flagship station. But you're not going to get the mandated key word. Well, not that it's mandated that the those doing the interviewing can't ask anything that would be discernible as negative or critical, right? So, right, right. so you got to keep your your game. objective. Lesson. Yeah, I'm not I'm not blaming anybody. I, I've been in those situations. I you know I used to host uh, the uh, Ricketts thing at the Cub convention, and we would have a week's worth of conference calls and emails and talking points and don't ask this and you you know we don't want to talk about that i mean so there there's your transparency Brian, but- I, I could tell you i could tell you in the same uh, in the in the music world in in my experience there have been many times where it's like okay you have them on the line or okay you're in phrase to face don't ask about this or that yeah. so it happens all across absolutely the board. Yeah. so you know one thing about ryan poles is i think he's going to be much more transparent and again already has been yeah. and I, i'm with tom you you, you know all you have is trust and faith and hope right now because you don't know uh, how good Ryan Poles and his staff is going to be. Right, he right. he's you know he sounds like he's a very bright guy and I coming from the Chiefs and and the success that he had his hands in the in their Chiefs success. You want to believe all of that, but it, time will tell, and it won't even just be a few months from now, right? It's going to be a few years from now. But Brian, Tom is uh, he's very well spoken, and I I'm with him and you. But there are a lot of Bears fans that will give Ryan Poles about five to ten minutes. Yep. Oh yeah. To figure him out because this is happening with Justin Fields already, and it's so obvious that Justin had so many unfortunate variables, there's no way he could be judged on what happened last year. Uh, the, the unfortunate variables started with him not supposed to be on the field. That was the grand plan of Matt Nagy because selfishly, yeah, started. selfishly, I think he was buying himself a couple years, right? If you, if you don't, the franchise quarterback's not on the field because you're, you want him to learn and, and absorb uh, all the great knowledge that you have from the veterans. You know, that, therefore, you can't fire the head coach because you didn't see 
the quarterback that they promised is going to you know take you to the the promised land of at least winning the division, right? So, mm-hmm. so it started there, and then he got thrown out there, and then you know the play calling and the, the, just a, a train wreck. Well, it, it exposed everything. Absolutely did. Yeah. Lewis is in Morton Grove. He's on ESPN One Thousand. Hey, Lewis. Lewis. Hey, good morning, you guys. Uh, so I wanted to answer the question that was being answered, uh, asked, which is how do you judge Ryan Foles? this season fairly right and the answer to this is as a bears fan you you don't trust anything or anyone that's handpicked by ted and george they've ruined this organization to the point where it is right now and it's going to take at least three years plus to fix this organization to get it to where it needs to be and it's not going to be fun to watch the Bears play the next two to three years. You know what I mean? And that's because of what Ted and Ryan has done. They handpicked Ryan Pace. Uh, they handpicked Matt Nagy. And you, we've seen what, what, what chaotic uh, picks they've gone through in the draft before. And so to me, as a, as a fan, as a, as a Chicagoan, I can't look at polls and say, I can't look at Poles or uh, Matt and say, you know, I, I have hope, I have faith, I have, I can give them at least the benefit of the doubt when it has been proven many times the opposite way. Um, I'll hang up. And All right, Lewis, you yeah, I, I feel you. I get what you're saying. So yeah. I, I guess uh, Lewis is saying that he's going to reserve judgment at least. No, he's, not... he's saying he has no faith in, in that right, okay. George and Ted, if they had their hands in it, there's no way they got the right guy because, <laughs> okay. you know, well, see Phil Emery, see Mark yeah. Tressman, you know. See, see I, was hoping, I was hoping Lewis was trying to say he's going to just reserve judgment, but he knows of the past. And I get that. But, you know, we had Polian involved this time. I don't know if that makes a difference. It really depends. But I'm willing to give the man the time, but it is going to take the time. And that's the thing, that if people don't have patience, they are not going to like what they see this year. That's a different conversation. I'd love to hear from Bears fans because do you feel like Lewis where because the inept owner and the inept president – um, time and again, have, have flailed. Uh, you know, the Ted. You know, do we get the quarterback right? Did we win enough games? No, but you know, but we have great energy and and you know, whatever in the building. We have a great culture. Culture's Matt done. and Ryan and our guys. We just didn't yeah. realize which Matt and Ryan he was. Yeah, talking our about. football guys. So I mean, Lewis is basically yeah. saying, I'm not getting burned again. Whether Bill Polian was a consultant, it ultimately George had to sign off on it. And anything George signs off on usually goes. You know, we'll be doing this exercise. The one thing the Bears do give guys time, right? I mean, Ryan Pace got like seven years. Matt Nagy, not so much. But you, you have a lot of time to prove that the first five years weren't a fluke, right? Um, or, or, you know, you yeah, were well, yeah, if they, if they get that much time on the clock, sure, they they've got uh, they've got plenty of uh, room to prove yes or no. And well, even yeah, when they're proving no year in year out, you still get plenty <laughs> of time. I mean, yeah, most, that's unfortunate. Most right. organizations when the move on no right away. Yeah. yeah. When the answer is no real quick, they still stick with them, which, uh, you know, good, good for the people that hold those jobs. Not, not all of us get that kind of chance to fail over no. and over and over. Absolutely not. Steve is in Orland park. He's uh, on the ESPN 1000. Hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I was just going to comment on the Quinn. Everyone wants to trade Quinn. He's got $12 million against dead money right now against this year. And you trade him now, you get nothing and, but debt that you're going to incur and get very little back. If you wait to October and you got a playoff run team looking for a final push and this guy's still producing, 
you're going to get more draft capital right there. You'd be you maybe grab a second and a fourth, second and a fifth. Yeah, you I mean, look October. You, you, let the dead money go. Yeah, and not only that, like you said, team gets desperate. A, a, a mm-hmm. contending team gets an injury or whatever. Now they're they're a little bit more desperate. Straight, right? Appreciate the call, yeah, Steve. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. thanks. I like that idea. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Good thing we're talking Bears and the draft because uh, Mark Zander. That means we don't have to talk about the White Sox, but they're coming up today, right on uh, right here on ESPN one thousand. After uh, we have uh, Peggy and Dion coming on from eleven till twelve thirty, and uh, boy, I thought I thought that win over Kansas City would uh, would put the start a win streak here for you, Mister Zander, but. Not so much. Yeah, it's been rough, and and I think that uh, last time you and I were on together, I expressed some concern about the bullpen, and somebody named Brian Hanley said, "I ah, don't worry about it." I don't think Paul Sullivan it. said, "I don't even know what you're talking about." Because yeah, you know, well, you just stopped at the bullpen. You didn't mention the defense or the lack of offense. Well, well, and I, and I was uh, I was specifically concerned about the bullpen, but you're right. Everything, all the other wheels have started wobbling. Oof. Yes, they have. Oof. <laughs> yes, they have. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll keep talking about the Bears because it's all uh, hope and faith and love and kumbaya until proven otherwise. Courtney Cronin will be joining us. Uh, she covers the uh, Chicago Bears for ESPN 1000. She's at Hallis Hall. She'll be uh, joining us and then breaking down and analyzing uh, yesterday for Ryan Poles, and she was there to ask him questions. We'll get her take on all the things the Bears did yesterday and what they're going to try to do before this weekend ends. We'll do that on ESPN 1000 when we come back. Chicago's home for sports. Now, by your side, through your smart speaker. Just tell it to play ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Mark Zander, Brian Hanley, back here on ESPN 1000, broadcasting from the first Midwest Bank studio. And I'm not sure if Courtney Cronin is a Las Vegas person or not, but she didn't get the trip to Vegas for the draft where the uh, NFL is holding its proceedings. She's up at House Hall. Good morning, Courtney. How are you? Hi, Courtney. Oh, I'm in, not enjoying this weather. It looks a little bit nicer from what we've seen on TV in Vegas. So I guess I drew the short straw this year. Has this been the most miserable spring we've had in, in the history <laughs> of Chicago? But it's all sunshine up there because it's a new day for a new era for Ryan Poles. And we have a lot of our callers are, are willing to give him time and have hope and faith that the, the Bears finally got a GM that is uh, worth his reputation and salt. Um, but what do you think from the way the draft broke down yesterday? And they got to the wide receiver, Courtney, with their third pick, um, and they went secondary with the first two picks in the second round. Yeah, I think that the way that it played out, defense, defense in round two, and then they grab a wide receiver in the third round. Like, I asked Ryan Poles, because they went through all these weird, like, different scenarios and, like, new things that he introduced as part of his pre-draft process. And he said that, you know, on a couple occasions that came up. But I think in looking at the board going into day two of the best available players, it wasn't a reach to think that something like this could happen, especially with a cornerback coming off the board at 39. Um, you know, I think the funny thing was that polls told us about Kyler Gordon that in one of the many simulations they ran, he actually like was there and he told his scouts, like, like they laughed it off. He said like, all right, ignore this because it's not going to happen this way on the draft. So when they were able to get him, they were more than pleasantly surprised. They felt like they have 
starting caliber corner either opposite Jalen Johnson or someone who can play the nickel, which, you know, at 39, getting value for someone who can do that is huge. I mean, obviously you have to, like, temper expectations because playing corner in the NFL, as we find out every year with rookie corners, it's very different. They cannot get away with the same sort of grabbing that they do in college. But I think that polls addressed a, a pass defense that needed it. They gave up 31 passing touchdowns last year, which was the second worst in the league and you know the third worst that they've given up in franchise history. And I know that people want to see resources placed around Justin Fields. And I absolutely empathize and understand that if you want a franchise quarterback, you've got to treat him as such. But on the other side of the ball, they had to do, they had to rebuild major parts of the secondary. And I feel like the way that the board fell in knowing that they're not just one drafted player away on any side of the ball from being a competitive team that can compete this year, it wasn't the worst play and it actually might pan out in the long run. Well, as you mentioned, Courtney, they have so many needs. It's impossible to take care of all of them, and it's it's not it's not going to make an immediate impact. But the fact that they got this cornerback where they did, it's nice to hear you say that Ryan was really especially surprised and pleased that they were able to get him. That's encouraging. Yeah, I think so, and I think the same thing about the safety Jaquan Brisker, even though. You know, just at first look, you, you, you're looking at that pick 48 and thinking, okay, is that like the prime spot to trade back? Because he had been telling us that they were looking for ways to be creative to create more picks than the six that they have. But he didn't feel like the, with the top two players they got, he didn't feel like trading back outweighed the value of what they were getting in either players. So I think that gives you confidence knowing, okay, these are, these are starting caliber players. And, and the good thing with Brisker is that, you know, he played most of his career in the box at Penn State, but he can, you know, he can be a deep safety for you. He can play up near the line of scrimmage. Like, he can do a lot. And when we were chatting with some of the scouts last night, uh, you know, the national, uh, they threw three national guys our way just to kind of, like, give an overview of what they'd seen, what their area scouts had seen. And I think the big thing was this is not – somebody who has the exact same skill set as Eddie Jackson. He's complimentary. He has a complimentary skill set of Eddie, as Eddie Jackson. So I think that that could lead to them being a little interchangeable at times. And, you know, that would, that would lead you to believe too, like having somebody who has been called a defensive coordinator on the field uh, by his coaches at Penn state, like he's, you're getting a pretty cerebral player and somebody who can help the youth movement and the growth on the on the back half of the defense. And and in Jones, when you finally got at number seventy one, you finally went wide receiver. You also got a kid with a four one forty who's going to be perhaps the best return uh, specialist in in this draft. So you know you get uh, mm-hmm. a couple different things with him. Yeah, I think certainly when when they let Jakeem Grant go in free agency, you know not only wide receiver because we know that he wasn't utilizes much on offense till later at the later uh, portion of the season, but you lost a dynamic returner and you might've gotten the best one in college football in, in Bayless Jones. And the thing I'll be curious about is is just the offensive production that he had and they didn't have in college. Like they passed up several other receivers at 71 who might have had some injury concerns. I think you can say that about David Bell but there were a couple others who were there who had the more proven offensive talent and knowing, okay, that would be this spot on offense. It would be this type of receiver for Justin Fields. Like Bayless Jones right now is the third receiver on the depth chart behind Darnell Mooney and Byron Pringle. 
Like, do they are they able to utilize his run after the catch ability in this offense where he's not just a gadget player um, or he's not just a, a return specialist the way that like Jakeem Grant was kind of filling that role for the Bears last season and. I know there is a little concern because he's older. Um, he's 25 years old as a rookie. He began his career at USC in 2016. And I think that that, as much as people say, oh, that doesn't matter, I think it does because you're getting somebody who, most rookies are you know, between 21 and 23 years old. You're getting somebody who already has habits formed that might not be habits you know, on the football field that, that will work in the NFL. So how does that growth process go as far as the development for a 25-year-old rookie versus the rookies, the rest of the rookies in this class. But, you know, I asked him about it, and he said that age is just a number, which, of course, um, <laughs> the default response from everybody when you ask them about their age. But he mentioned that he only had a high ankle sprain in college, so he feels like he has the body of a 21-year-old. So that's, that's interesting. That's intriguing because it's not like you're getting a 25. A 25-year-old rookie would not go in the third round had they – been kept getting medical red shirts uh, for injuries. I mean, this is a product of somebody who was way down the depth chart and wasn't getting much playing time at USC, took advantage of the COVID year, and then had a pretty decent year for himself with seven touchdowns last season at Tennessee. And Courtney Cronin's up at Hal's Hall uh, covering the Chicago Bears and the NFL draft for ESPN 1000. And Courtney, you know, as much as I I know, you you know, this draft would have to go on another two weeks for, for Ryan Poles to even start filling all the holes that Ryan Pace left him on the roster. But, you know, you, you kind of alluded to it. Some of the guys that were still on the board, not only at uh, at 39, but also 48 wide receivers I'm talking about, you know, George George's Pickens. I mean, George Pickens from Georgia. Um, you know, there, there's guys that you could make a case for, okay, you, you address the defense, could you throw Justin Fields a bone with that second second-round pick? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Alec Pierce is a name, too, that I know Bears fans were maybe hoping to hear called. But I think that's just the, when you look at the long play here and everything Poles talked about with being patient. Like he said that on, on Thursday night, he wasn't calling anybody to try to get into the back half of the first round, nor was he receiving any calls. And I'm sure that's hard. And it's probably tempting when you see all of these really good wide receivers flying off the board, starting at pick 12 after Minnesota traded to Detroit. But, you know, for, for what it's worth, he's, he's doubling down on his strategy come hell or high water here. And I think it just goes to show you that, you know, this is, this is a multi-year process and, mm-hmm. You know, he he does have to address the offensive line at some point. But like, if you think about it in reality, any offensive lineman, let's say that they do a do they do do that today, and that in the fifth round they get an offensive lineman or even two, those are developmental prospects at best for this year. Oftentimes, guys like that end up on the practice squad. So anybody you'd be getting on the offensive line, even like late day two throughout day three, that's not a sure bet that the pass protection is going to be all that much better for Justin Fields. And I think that personally, when you talk about building around your quarterback so he can achieve success, you have to start up front. Like, don't do what the New York Giants did with Daniel Jones. Don't do what the Jets did with Sam Darnold. Um, And that's kind of at least what it looks like right now. They're going to have to go out and find help on the offensive line Mm -hmm. at some other point in the offseason, Ryan Poles didn't seem too pressed about it last night. I mean, there are still veterans on, on the street right now in, in, in free agency that you, they could sign. But, you know, it's 
it's going to be a long process. And he did say that he watched film with Justin Fields last week and had communicated, at least according to what he said to us last night, communicated some of the things that they were planning to do in the draft. So it's not like he's leaving Fields completely in the dark. But I also don't think as a second-year quarterback, he has that much pull to be like, I want this player, I want this player, I want this player, make it happen. Um, and, I mean, we'll, we'll see what else they can come away with today that might lead you to believe the – you know, the product around fields will be better in year two because we just don't know yet. Courtney, before we let you go, uh, you had an article a few days ago on ESPN.com about Robert Quinn. He hopes he doesn't leave the Bears. I mean, reality, what what does his future look like? Uh, we had a caller that uh, said maybe wait till October when the playoff uh, picture becomes clear and somebody may need him, we may be able to get a bigger return. Yeah, I think that that's probably, if they are going to move on from him, that's the smart play because you look for teams that are in the hunt for the postseason right around the trade deadline, and you can likely get the price a, a much, up, yeah. much bigger haul at that mm-hmm. point. Like it wasn't even if they were trying to shop him this week, which reportedly they weren't. Even you know he talked to us on on Tuesday during the Piccolo Award, and you know stated that he wants to stay here, but also knew you know if, if they're going to trade Khalil Mack, they could trade anybody. Um, but I think that for Chicago, A, you need to be able to field a competitive team. Like, you need someone to get after the quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. And so at least you, you have somebody who has 18 and a half sacks from last season that you know, okay, this is a proven, polished player. Um, but I think moving on from him potentially this fall would come at the need of a team that's going to give you more in terms of draft capital than you would have been able to get if you would have pulled it off this week. Because I'm not yeah. so certain that they would have gotten more than a third-round pick for him if they did it this week. Courtney, appreciate your time. I know these are long yeah, days you. during the draft uh, coverage, but I do remember that they used to feed everyone pretty well up there at Hell, so I, I hope that's still the case. Um, but anyway, thanks for sharing some time here on uh, on our show this morning. Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate thanks, it. Courtney. Courtney Cronin, you can read all her stuff at ESPNChicago.com and here, of course, on ESPN 1000. We'll get back to your calls, 312-332-3776. It's Xander and Hanley. We're here until uh, the top of the hour. Then it's Peggy and Dion bringing you right up to White Sox Weekly. And hopefully, weather permitting, White Sox baseball, you hear White Sox baseball right here on ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2. And on the ESPN Chicago app, can uh, check it all out twitch.tv slash espn 1000 chicago brought to you by mike's hard freeze it's xander and hanley coming back with your calls 312-332-3776 right after this follow chicago's home for sports on facebook at espn chicago this is espn 1000 yeah hips hips change of direction balance and body control have you ever seen someone with bad I'm sure if I walked around here long enough, like bad balance of body control, you, you trip over things. You don't stay centered. Uh, you can't stop and start on a dime. And those are the things that you see, especially there's a, a clip. They actually showed it on TV. He's in coverage. It's a back shoulder. And he actually opens up, turns, feet stick. They don't move. Two toes down, grabs it, and has an interception. So some of those things are just not normal. And he probably developed it from that background. That's Bears general manager Ryan Poles talking about Bears cornerback Kyler Gordon selected by Poles with the 39th overall pick. The first pick for your Chicago Bears. He's got hips, Mark Zander. 
Yeah, hips, that hips is and great. more hips. That is great insight, isn't it? Uh, you know, just just think about what he just said. Did we ever get something like that that we can grab onto and understand from the previous Ryan? Not at all. We're fired up. Uh, we're really fired up. It, it was just a bunch of like uh, uh, you know words and adjectives that really didn't connect to anything. Ryan Poles, I mean, he he just got to he he got to a factor of this player that a lot of fans are like, well, I never considered that. I didn't know that they looked at that. I understand that. I get what they're talking about, and that's really great to have. Well, I said it earlier in the show, and I was glad that Courtney echoed what I said that. You believe Ryan Poles when, you know, it's boilerplate language and, and, and it's the pat response in any draft, in any mm-hmm. league. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took the best player available. We couldn't believe he was there. You know, we were so surprised and so, you know, we, we had to grab him. But I do believe that he's, you know, he, he gave the example and Courtney said that they ran all these simulations and one, one out of the countless simulations had Gordon available uh, when the Bears were on the clock at 39. Right, and he said there's no way that that's there. So let's, you know, let's, you know, he laughed it off, right? And then there's the guy. So, I mean, I do believe him there. And I also believe my guy, uh, Brad Biggs, who's been around this team, he's outlasted on countless GMs and coaches with Chicago Bears covering this team over the decades. And it's one thing for your your, your GM and your scouting staff to sing the praises of the guy you just selected. But Brad Biggs in this Tribune uh, column today, said that a national scout for another team um, thought the Bears got did pretty well by getting Gordon. He said uh, this scout told Brad Biggs that he preferred Gordon to Trent McDuffie, his Washington teammate that went 21st overall to, ironically enough, Kansas City Chiefs, Ryan Pohl's old team. And uh, the, scout, the scout said Gordon had greater short area bursts than McDuffie, and uh, so maybe the four five two forty. Uh, at the scouting combine isn't as concerning. So when you have other scouts with no skin in the game, unless you know, the, you know, they, they just when Brad can get on on his phone and ask about that, and they can just tell you honestly what they feel. That's that's pretty good. It may you know that's backs a, up. That's yeah, that's a great measuring stick because uh, why why would they tell you anything other than what they actually feel? Right. And 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 look um, uh, again, we go back to the obvious. There's just so many needs. Um, if we if we get uh, if we we had three draft picks so far, if one really turns out to be a solid solid pick, I mean, was Ryan Pace able to do that? You know what you need, Mark. No. You need one of those old baseball drafts with like a hundred rounds. That's that's how much Ryan Pauls would still be sitting there, you know, selecting he would be. guys. We yeah. need bodies. Yeah. We need bodies. And again, you you know, uh, we need the right bodies, but. Uh, we need bodies. Let's start uh, off with me. We've traded so many draft picks away. We need bodies. Let's uh, check in in God's country. Uh, Matt's in Lacrosse, Wisconsin. Hello, hey. Matt. Hey there, Matt. Hey guys, uh, I, get, I get the skepticism. You know, we've been uh, snake bit a few times in the past by GM's picks, but uh, I'm pretty positive on what Pace has done uh, his first day or polls. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been. He's been transparent. He talks about value. Value is not always the best player available. It's how they fit in your scheme and their character. Mm-hmm. And you look at these guys, they're all players. Uh, you, you look at the safety from Penn State. If he doesn't remind me about, about around Mike Brown, I don't know who does. And if you can get a Mike Brown in your first draft, you're doing pretty good. 
And, and Matt, appreciate the call. Nice, uh, nice points. And and you know, echoing what Mark Zander said earlier in the show, Mark. You know, I, I, when you talk about getting guys that can impact and everything else, I, you know, it, it's one thing. Adam Shaheen, you know, you go to get the hyphenate schools. Ryan Pace was the smartest guy in the room, and and didn't even you know didn't even let John Fox know that he was get, taking Trubisky till a few hours before the draft because you know. Ryan had this, you know, Ryan, Ryan knew everything and, and he didn't need anyone in his ear telling him otherwise. And I get the sense from Ryan Poles from the staff he kept on from uh, the Chicago Bears and, the, and uh, the guys he added to the staff that he wants people in the room to raise their voice if they think otherwise than the GM. And I don't think that that process went on when Ryan Pace was here because he, he did what he wanted to do. And most of the times it ended up in pretty much, you know, on the wrong side of the ledger, it ended up in a little bit of a disaster. Right, right. And, and I think that uh, the caller there had a great point. You know, it's about the players that fit in your system. I get the best possible player, but, you know, oftentimes they may not fit the scheme that you're trying to put together and any championship team has doesn't have stars from top to bottom. They have the right people in the right spots and the right coaching, make, calling the right plays and making the right decisions. And also in the right spot, it's Peggy and Dion. They'll continue to take your calls, 312-332-3776. Here for another hour and a half, uh, leading you up to uh, White Sox Weekly, so you can continue to weigh in on the Bears, whatever else is on your mind. It's great to always hear Peggy and Dion give their yep. analysis, and uh, sometimes they work in some day drinking, too, which is right up my alley. Uh, Mark, stay away from the bar until we uh, meet again tomorrow, 10 a.m. Right? Th- it's too late, Brian. Okay. It's too late. <laughs> it's 5 o'clock somewhere. We'll be yeah. back 10 a.m. tomorrow. So uh, stay tuned right now for Peggy and Dion. Have a great day. Hopefully the sun comes out and the White Sox win on ESPN 1000.